0: Welcome to How They Get Stuff Done, where we ask people about the productivity habits behind their success. I'm your host, Peter Akis. Hey folks, today's guest is Francesco D'Alessio. Francesco is the creator behind the Keep Productive YouTube channel, where he helps 200,000 subscribers find the most suitable productivity tools for work and life. Like myself, Francesco is an online course creator. For example, he offers courses on the productivity tools Notion and Obsidian. Francesco also recently launched Keep Focused, a second YouTube channel with an accompanying community with a focus on productivity tips rather than tools. Among other topics, Francesco and I discuss how he reaches out to influential people to collaborate with him, how he keeps productive while having a nine-month-old kid, And why he is consolidating the productivity tools he uses. Enjoy the show. Hey, Francesco, nice to have you here. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Peter, for having me. Uh, I'm excited to chat with you.
0: Yeah, so you're in the UK, Francesco, but I forget exactly where.
1: Are you in London? Oh, nowhere near London, but oh, <laughs> it's like the London. other side of the country. <laughs> yeah. I was I was born in London, but we moved to a really nice rural part. Yeah, it's, it's very, lots of cows, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's good, because I hear that right now, sort of the COVID situation in London is just terrible. So it's probably good that you're nowhere mm-hmm. near there.
1: Oh, yeah, it's really spread out, you know, here, which is perfect for long walks, you know?
0: <laughs> you weren't really having any social context to begin with, or...? Uh... <laughs>
1: No, no, no. It was uh, it was pretty uh, relaxing anyway. Yeah, <laughs> worked at home before. Nothing's really changed, but yeah. Guess keep safe, anyhow.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, so I like to start every episode with the same question, um, and it's as follows: Francesco, you have a very popular YouTube channel. You have about I think you're closing in on two hundred thousand subscribers on Keep Productive, which is uh, very impressive. Um, you offer some courses. You just launched a community, so. From the outside, you appear to be quite productive and successful. Um, But on the inside, how productive do you feel, Francesco?
1: That's a good question. I'd say probably like 60% productive at any given time. (laughs) I've never, um, the thing is, I think uh, whenever you look at somebody else, you always go, you know, bloody hell. That's a, you know, really uh, productive person, but I think, you know, from whenever everybody looks at the channel, they'd see the tools. And a lot of the time I use the tools quite minimally. I don't really push past um, that. I just normally signpost to uh, sort of deeper. Um, But yeah, in in terms of my my own productivity, I'd say probably about 60%, uh, you know. (laughs)
0: That's an interesting number. So how could you get to to 100%, Francesco? What do you feel like is missing?
1: I Don't like I don't the thing is I think when I started the channel, you know, it's called keep productive and things like this and it I think you I think I get labeled a lot as the sort of a productivity person and uh, I Think a lot of the time I whilst I have systems in place and I organize myself. I do Try and just be as normal as I can be <laughs> but um, yeah, I think um To get, you know, there's there's days where I feel 80%, but I'm never really 100%. I think that's quite, I think that's a good trait to have to not always be 100% productive because, you know, I think like the 80s, the new 100. (laughs) And I think, you know, I really appreciate you phrasing things
0: this way because so often in the productivity space, everybody's so focused on how can I be more productive, right? How can I, and you mentioned tools as well. How can I use the latest tool or whatever to really optimize? So I like that you said that, It's not really about the tools anyway, you know, and um, what I'm kind of hearing from you is it's good enough what you feel like you're doing right now. And so I think that's a good mindset to have for folks because it's often so focused on, well, what if I try this latest app and can I squeeze a couple extra percent out of my day, you know. But in the end, that's not necessary, as we see with you, that's not necessary to like get in front of a big audience, which was one of your goals.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes there's uh quite I think as the space I'm in there's quite heavy conversation about the administration of productivity like the actual, you know, the work that goes into actually doing the work. Um yep. and I I'm looking at that a lot now and going, you know, um it's it, it's not as important is important, but it's not as important as um you know, it was before. Um but yeah, I think it's uh it's different for every person.
0: It is, it is. And of course, I think processes, workflow systems, those things matter, right? But it's also, I I like to think about the human aspect as well. But but let's Mm -hmm. start with a little bit of process, because one thing that I'm really curious about is how you manage to produce so many YouTube videos. So I took a look at sort of the frequency of how often you publish YouTube videos, and my guess it's four or five videos a week. Is that about right?
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, depending on how uh, eager I feel that week. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. But yeah, it's um so I I try and manage it as um so a lot of the time people sort of think, you know, that there's sort of weeks and months planned in advance. Um and normally, uh there's really not. I try and plan maximum of 2 weeks in advance. Um and that's just because i try and get a feel for what people say in the comments for what people say on twitter and keeping an eye on tools and trends and things like that so i try and keep it um i sort of do my planning a week in advance um and you know there's other factors but yeah no i mean that i've only recently hired an editor to help me out with them but before uh, november of this last year that's gone um i was doing the majority myself and and to be honest, I think I think it might have been a combination between really enjoying the process of doing it um, and sort of getting carried away, but not working too much. Um, so I always make sure to shut off at five unless I've got a call, which is probably once a week. Um, and a combination of like I'm not too bad at the editing software, <laughs> so I'm I'm quite fast on it. I think uh, over time, just. From experience but um, yeah I think that frequency has gotten to a really good level Um, and I think as well people have to look at the complexity of videos compared to say bigger creators Um, the channels not very visually creative (laughs) so to make a video is not as the man hours aren't too large when you know setting up
0: yeah, you're not producing Lord of the Rings films here, so that's obvious. No. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, At the definitely. same time, you know, for someone who's not used to video, it may it may seem like a lot of work, you know. And, and mm. I think yeah, you, yes, you work yeah. very hard. What I would really like to hear is, is can you kind of describe for us um, the process of making a YouTube video? From how you get an idea for a video to you publish it on your mm. YouTube channel, what are kind of the steps that you go through? And, and how long does that process take? You know, do you do it all by yourself? You said you work with an yeah. editor now.
1: Yeah, it's um I I guess it's a a weird sort of process because it's quite real time. But um, so say for example today, um, uh, I I'm I'm going to be doing a recording. Uh, well, tomorrow, uh, I I'm, I'm trying to do like theming. So on Tuesdays, trying to film the majority of the stuff. So that for example, because uh, I actually share a room with a little baby now, so <laughs> trying to get <laughs> him down for a nap. Um, yeah. so it's like um, I'm trying to like work out a way that I can like film all my videos in one day and then actually Just so that he can nap in here whenever he likes without me having to shift base So I'm trying to record on a Tuesday, which gives me sort of Monday to script um, and normally the ideas pour out on the weekend on a run um, you know, I think on walk sometimes like what I'll do is I'll just capture it inside of uh to do this application and be like, right, you know this is a good idea or um somebody's doing this, so I'll maybe do something similar um so I'm just capturing it scripting it uh and then it goes to uh filming it on that one day and then uh editing and and preparing it um so me and the editor now uh share the duties uh fifty fifty split, so I'm still doing uh a good amount of editing. Um, but I enjoy it, so I don't necessarily want to let it go um, now.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I understand that. It's uh, I've done some of my own video editing, and um, I enjoy it when I don't feel like there's time pressure. So when I'm like really keen <laughs> to get a video out fast, I don't really enjoy doing any editing, you know, because yeah. <laughs> it is, uh, depending on the video that you're doing, like I recently did one where I showed people a little bit behind the scenes of how I make money selling online courses, and... Yeah. Um, I showed I showed the back end of my course software, which included a lot of student mm. names and email addresses and stuff, so I had to blur all of oh, those quirky, out. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> and uh Peter who was recording the video he didn't care about showing these things. He didn't, you know, but Peter, who had to edit this video, spent quite a lot of time blurring everything out. So <laughs> future, I, that, Peter yeah, <laughs> future Peter was feeling the pain. Future Peter was feeling the pain. It's interesting that you do some of it yourself. I, I do think it also helps with um, staying engaged, right? I feel like when, when you hand something mm, off permanently, yeah. you kind of lose a little bit of the sense of like, what's possible,
1: right? Or like, what is the yeah, creativity yeah. that you want? that's it yeah I mean I think that side of it um, I enjoy it so I don't necessarily want to let it go Um, the we are expanding our sort of channel Uh, we're gonna try and make more channels so keep productive and then keep focused hopefully there'll be about five or six keep keeps by the end of the year Wow Um, which is quite exciting Um, but I'm definitely working more on the business um i sort of i sort of see it there's i think mark zuckerberg in his early days um he used to obviously work on the business um like over holistically but he also got involved a lot in the coding side of stuff Mm. um and i sort of see it like that but also not to that scale completely (laughs) uh, it's okay if you don't (laughs) end up being a multi-billion dollar uh, business a couple years from now (laughs) Yeah. yeah that's it yeah precisely
0: yeah, no, that's interesting. And so one thing you mentioned is that you kind of shut off at 5 PM whenever you can. Um, mm-hmm. And that is something that I wanted to ask you about anyway, which is I sort of think of people who plan their work ahead of time. You can kind of do it in multiple ways, but there's two main ways. One of them is task-based. So you're saying, Monday, mm-hmm. I'm going to do these tasks. Tuesday, I'm going to do these tasks, et cetera. Or maybe next week, maybe you plan quarterly, whatever. Um, and other people really plan calendar based so there so it's not so much about what are the five tasks that i'm going to do today but uh maybe you do time blocking on your calendar or like you're saying yeah. you're kind of theming your days where you say tuesday is a filming day um yeah do you but do you schedule out your whole week on your calendar
1: i used to so um sort of 2019 i was quite a heavy time-based planner so i wouldn't put it on a calendar i put it on a task manager everything from nine to five was booked Mm. in terms of like you know even go for lunch (laughs) Um, but but now it's like very much different um i'm more of an energy-based um sort of person i think now um so the last year i've definitely been that because we we had a baby and uh, I also do the night shift, so it's <laughs> like however I wake up <laughs> is however many videos is going to be done in that day, you know. Um, so, for example, if I wake up and I'm pretty tired, I won't do that many, but I'll work on things that are low energy, like scripting, emails, administration. Um, if I wake up and I'm feeling sort of meh, I'll maybe finish complete one and do some medium level tasks, you know, writing or um uh, planning uh, you know things like that but if i wake up like and i'm like wow three days of great sleep (laughs) i will go at the videos um like crazy um but i would say because that sort of first sort of six to nine months was a bit mental um obviously like knowing like what's going on because i was like learning everything from scratch (laughs) um I'm now moving to more of a theme base because you know, in the next couple of months, my wife will be back off maternity and things like that. So I I need more yeah. structure in the day. So I think it sometimes I guess, well, sometimes I learned from my something I learned from myself was you don't have to set yourself as that specific character. Sometimes when life uh, comes, then sometimes you can be a different type of person if that makes sense.
0: It does, and I love the self awareness also. So a lot of the times, mm-hmm. students of my courses will ask me, or people will just email me, or reply on YouTube, and they'll be like, "Peter, what is the best way to plan my week?" And you know, the first question, like if I <laughs> engage with someone, is, "Okay, tell me more about yourself," because you know, your are constrained, Francesco. One of them is that you have a kid, um, and and mm-hmm. um, you said nine months old now. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that 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 provides certain challenges in your life. And if you'd stuck with exactly what you were doing in the past, it may not work so well right now. So um, what is the best way for you to plan your work um, varies depending on your life situation, but can even be sort of different for the same person in different time periods. And so um, I think that's something people should really take into account. I do like what you shared because people often ask me, oh, Peter, you suggest this, but I have kids that won't work for me. What should I do? So now I can point them to you and yeah. be like, Francesco has kids, go listen to him. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. it's. Uh, but but the thing I'd, I would think I'd say there is that, uh, like, I, I, I've been getting a lot of advice over the last, like, sort of two years from other sort of dads. So I've been, like, preparing for it as much as I can. Um, mm. But I wouldn't say by any means, like, um, the thing is, like, I'm not doing the day shift with, uh, him. I'm, uh, I'm not doing, um, a lot of different things during the day with the, you know, Otto. So at the same time, it's, um, it, I would say it's definitely something that I'm not, you know, I'm very lucky to have to be working all day, you know, versus, you know, uh, how do you say it? Like constantly managing that aspect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you. I, so I just became an uncle. My sister had a baby and, oh, um, <laughs> you know, so I, I've been hearing about that for like, it's happened a few weeks ago, I think. And oh, uh, that's nice. I really got an appreciation for how much your life gets turned upside down uh, when you first have a baby. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously it's different whether you just had a baby or your kids are 14 years old, you've got different challenges. But um, yeah, yeah, I can see how, you know, just, just like I said, your self-awareness, so helpful, being able to say to yourself, you know what, these are my concerns, how can I change the system that I was using mm-hmm. um, to work for me right now. So when yeah. you um, do these themed days, do you, are you working through a list of tasks that you said, you know what, like these are the things I'd really like to film today, or is it very much in the moment where you decide, I feel like doing this particular video?
1: it's normally quite planned um so for example today i would have been doing the scripting for the videos um to uh, this morning um yeah it it really depends on if there's something in that day where i'm like wow this is this is you know on the trend then i'll definitely be quite nimble with it and quite fast but i think i think that's something that i'd say that um over the years i've been not too bad at is i guess being nimble with the the whole setup stuff so Um, I keep it as simple as I can and uh, Like I don't have like a a whole rig set up or anything like that. I've just kept it fairly basic and uh, It means that uh, I think I I only learned about it recently There was something that Thomas Frank shared in one of his courses about the 22nd activation energy uh, activation energy something like this where if you're 20 seconds away from being able to set something up. So for example, if you can't set your camera up and your microphone and all that Not all of them, but maybe each thing in 20 seconds, then it helps to reduce that time for you to actually do it Whereas if you make large barriers to entry like it takes hours for you to get everything set up, then it really slows you down so I Didn't know I was doing that before but I think I was doing a little bit of it, at least Um <laughs> so i i try and keep as nimble as possible with that
0: yeah man yeah. you have no idea how much that resonates with me there's been so many times and <laughs> i've gotten so frustrated because i had a fantastic idea while i was showering for a video or something and then i would yeah. go into my sort of room and i would drag around my lighting and i would like you know yeah. uh, at some point i got a teleprompter so at some point i even had to like work on setting the teleprompter up and then i'd write the script for it and, and stuff and yeah. make sure that it's quiet and by the time that I'd done those things, I was stressed out and no longer excited about recording the video. So I I love (laughs) this concept of lowering the barrier to entry, because I've learned the same thing that you have now. like, um, What I did is I just moved to a different space to record, where I can keep my setup permanently around me. So it's like, turn on the light, turn on the camera, plug in the microphone, and let's go. On on, Um, on the go, yeah. yeah yeah and people also don't really care that much right so people don't like it's great mm, if you yeah. look as if you're on tv and people put makeup on you but if you don't people will still
1: watch your videos yeah well the thing is i think there's definitely a market for that you know i i call it posh content <laughs> mm, but yeah. it's um there's, there's definitely a market for it but at the same time i think if your problem is uh a comp, like for as a creator or someone looking to do it as part of their business if your problem is procrastination or your problem is um just that barrier to entry then making it dead simple is the the key consistency because um, i've always had a really simple setup whether it's like a, a, a motor roller on a tripod um i've tried to keep it basic and then just keep upgrading slowly yeah.
0: Yeah, that's another thing that a lot of people get stuck on, right? Especially people that are sort of the creator types. They they want yeah. to start a podcast or a YouTube channel or whatever and it's like, let's spend 5 weeks figuring out what is the best camera and the best microphone yeah. and all yeah. these things, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh I definitely have like Advice for past Francesco, but <laughs> but you know you can't go back.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. And so yeah. uh, you mentioned Thomas Frank, who, if people don't know him, is is a pretty pretty popular YouTuber at this point. Um, I mean, Francesco, you have like a good sized audience, but I think uh, Thomas Frank is talking we're talking oh, yeah. about millions of people <laughs> now or something, right? Subscribe to his channel, yeah. and so um, you've had some other people on Keep Productive who are really well known, like a David Allen type people. Um, yeah. I'm interested in how do you approach someone like that? Do you have any interesting stories to tell about how you get someone like that, um, to come on your, your show or your, I guess not a show, but your channel?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a good question because it's sometimes hard to get these sort of um, big people. I, I used to be in, uh, I, I used to do marketing, uh, influencer marketing a lot. Um, mm. So, I sort of used a little bit of that and a little bit of obviously my love for everything (laughs) productivity apps. Um, so a lot of the time I think like I I remember when I first started, I was about 16 and I was wanting to start a blog and I reached out to the Evernote CEO, the David Allen's of the world and, and just said, Oh, can you, uh, can you come on? And obviously I had no base of any, I think I had three people subscribe to my blog. Um, but what i i try and do is like set um when i started is set like these circles up so you've got a small circle which is anything below 10,000 subscribers uh you know it could be e- even email marketing it could be uh you know uh, twitter or it could be you know it doesn't matter as long as they're sort of around the 10,000 mark of their community mm-hmm. and then i do a one that is a and one that's say a million and then a million and beyond um I don't, I don't want to say they're in tiers because that's, you know, confusing <laughs> now with the tier system in COVID, but <laughs> you got like tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I saw sort of, I, I would get like, I would try and reach out to like 10 people in the tier one area and then sort of branch out and keep going up. So because chance, cause, cause chances are four or five people from that original sort of 10,000 mark. Um, Get viewed upon by the people that are in that 100,000 mark, that get viewed mm-hmm. upon in that 1 million mark. So I tried to approach it like that, just work up the ladder. Um, and it did, um, it was quite a successful uh, methodology.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the results speak for themselves, I think. And so this sounds <laughs> like a very structured process. Did you uh, did you write like scripts to reach out to people in emails? Did you keep a database of who you've contacted and how many times was there? Uh, was there a lot of structure to that, or was this just sort of in your head? And you're like, you hear about someone, you're like, this person sounds cool. I'm going to send them an email. Uh-
1: pretty much ad hoc yeah (laughs) um i can see the graph in my brain (laughs) that sounds (laughs) a bit crazy (laughs) but yeah i i i don't wanna i think i used to do it with influence marketing we used to do it quite um we did it used to spreadsheets and things like this you if you were someone that don't think like that necessarily you could definitely do it on spreadsheets um, and implement like this sort of system uh and work your way up to them um but you know i i think that i quite like looking at the human approach as well, like for example, you can look at the way that people are connected um you know for example like uh when i when I reached out to ali Abdal, uh I did quite a lot of student stuff at the time, and then we sort of like i, I you know i i did, been following him for a while and I reached out to him I think he was only a hundred and thirty thousand subscribers um and then only you know um only and then he sort of exploded and um you know uh he's a really good friend now um so we you know we share notes all the time um yeah. and it's like it's it's like slowly building up but there was probably about a 100 different connections before that got me to making friends with him and all those friends before so yeah
0: yeah yeah no, it's interesting to see, because when you say only 130,000 subscribers, if you picture like a, a football stadium, you know, that would have to be one yeah. of the largest in the world to put 100,000 people, 130,000 people oh, in there, so, you know yeah. what i so <laughs> It's kind of crazy yeah, how many probably. people you can reach on YouTube, right? Um, yeah. Oh, mad. Yeah. Yeah. And two, 200,000 for you right now. So try and picture that uh, standing outside somewhere in the middle of a city, all listening to what you have to say. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome.
1: Um I, I try not to. They scare me. Daunting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a no, a I hear much. you.
0: And so um you mentioned that, you know, you were working with a video editor now. Um mm-hmm. is that is that the only person that you're sort of working with in your business, or do you have other assistants or anything like that?
1: Um I've been working with um a, a blog editor called Alice uh, for maybe two years, but um it's on a super relaxed basis so she writes some fantastic articles for us um but it's it's very much as as and go so it's probably two or three a month um uh, but she does an amazing job of it um and uh the video editor is my good friend from school that we used to do editing uh together so it's really fun getting to work with him now um but yeah. So I, I again, I try, I, I read a book by Paul Jarvis called company of one. Um, yes. Yes. I'm aware of it, yeah. I, I love that book. Like, I think the like the concept of it is, is like trying to stay small at, at all costs, but also, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're growing, it's growing for, uh, it's, it's growth for growth sake, sort of having that conversation with yourself.
0: Yeah. Nice. It's, get... it's something I've been thinking about as well, you know, because I, I have a fairly modest audience size right now. But, you know, I always feel yeah. like in my head, like I should be reaching more people. But then in the end, you really have to think about what makes me happy because that should be your goal, right? It should be what That's makes it. you happy. Yeah. And so definitely we have this idea that bigger is better. You know, a bigger audience size will make you better. will like and it's yeah. just it's not necessarily true. So I love that message of thinking about it really well. So you're, you know, you're not working, I guess, alone because you have your blog editor and your video editor, but sounds like it's pretty
1: Mm. light touch. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to only add components to the business um, as, as they come and sort of when they're at the max point. I think what tempted me Oh, actually it was Ali who, who was, I talked to about it and he was like, Oh yeah, you should definitely get an editor by now. Cause it will take that sort of mind that, that thing off your mind. And the thing is for me, I said like, I really like editing. So, but he sold it at more as this will help you to do more, ex- like do more in terms of grow the business to things that excite you more versus necessarily. And that's what we did with, um, things that keep keep focus now is that's a freed us up to make the expansion uh more it makes more sense now it's starting to make more sense as a business yeah
0: and again this is you know what you're saying is yet another illustration of knowing what your goals are and then adjusting how you work accordingly, right? So not just doing everything for growth's sake, but if you say, you know what, I want to run a community, I know that that's something that takes time and effort, and I really want to invest in it, even though you like editing, you may have to start working with a video editor. Yeah, Um, that's it, yeah. Yeah. So. When you're collaborating with your video editor, let's talk tools for a little bit. Um, I, yeah, do you okay. <laughs> use any collaboration tools there? Because I get this question all the time. It's like, Peter, you teach me how to like use my task manager for myself, and it's so handy. But I don't work in a yeah. bubble. I work with other people. So what do you use? So yeah. I want to I ask you, Francesca, do you use any tools to collaborate with folks?
1: Yeah, uh, we mainly use um, uh, Notion. Um, so hmm. with uh, Alice, our blog editor, we plan and organize articles together. Um, you know, I brief her. She writes the piece, and then that's how we sort of um, sort of work together on that one. And it's a very simple table. It's nothing too advanced, um, but it gives us a chance to see what's coming up and things like that. Um, and with the with Steve, uh, our video editor, he um, he works with Notion, and we use a timeline view. Um, just because I think it's more visual for him to be able to see what's coming up. Mm. Um, But yeah, that works wonders. Um, And apart from that, we use twist to communicate um, just because although we're someone like 10 miles down the road from each other, (laughs) and we can't see each other anyway uh, because of the (laughs) rules, so it's sad in itself, um, we still try and communicate asynchronously so that we don't interrupt each other's evenings and uh, time off and things like that just because Yes, yeah, it's, it's nice to spend that time with family and friends. So yeah, if we can spend with them <laughs> <laughs>
0: in, under normal circumstances. Yeah, so, normal. yeah, <laughs> so you brought up Notion. And I, I love talking about Notion because it's so Notion is huge right now. You know, this is a lot yeah. of people are using Notion in many different ways. There's people there's kind of people I think like me and, and Maybe you're a little bit more um, into Notion, but like I use Notion basically only to keep track of my monthly expenses. So recurring expenses I have yeah. every month, I have those in a nice sheet. I mark which <laughs> ones are like active subscriptions, which ones are not, which ones are business costs. And it just sums it up and says, okay, this is the no, total exactly. amount of money that are my fixed costs every month. Um, yeah, It sounds like, you know, you're collaborating with other people, so you're using it a little bit more. But there are people who will put their whole life in Notion. And so... Mm. Um, I know that you recently did some videos talking about how you're using Notion less and Evernote more. Am I, am I mm. describing that correctly?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I try and always advocate for like, uh, to use a tool as long as you can. Um, and mm-hmm. for someone to do that, it's, it requires a lot of research because you have to find something that tends to fit like sort of two life jumps. Um, You know like that you know it could be anything from becoming a student at university to retiring uh, in later life so I think sometimes you have to find a tool that you can use for as long as possible Um, because I think switching in itself is a productivity problem like if we switch it's like moving house like you you have to take everything with you and uh, you know sometimes there's fees involved and (laughs) it's uh, it can be quite stressful so although obviously uh you know you can see the lovely house and things like that of course uh it can still be stressful to set that all up so i try and say right you know stay as uh simple as possible and that's what i try and do for myself um i think every time i do, I do every three months i do like an audit of what tools i use and how i use them and 90 percent of the time it's a uh, everything's fine i just need to tweet one or two things and carry on uh, it's only a 30 minute session but basically there was a time period middle of the year where I was going am I really maximizing this tool to its ability no why am I using it not sure (laughs) (laughs) so I just I just said right let's use this for work which I already had set up and let's move some of the stuff that I had very basically set up over to Evernote which I used I've been using for eight nine years and yeah i think i try to explain i try to explain it and like like you know like you message me like the the comments sometimes people don't necessarily understand because i think i feel bad sometimes about saying some of this stuff because i'm also got a lot of people on to notion and i wanted <laughs> to stay but it's uh, at the same time it's um i think sometimes when people say you're switching it's sort of like um you know i want to share what tools i'm using and sometimes doesn't have to be the creme de la creme of the apps you know but I I definitely think notion is the future of apps um yeah it's it would just be interesting how it plays out
0: no absolutely and you know. Obviously, you know, being a YouTuber myself, I really recognize myself in what you're saying that like people will go, wait, what do you mean, Francesco? You were like telling me how you can do so many cool things in Notion and all of a sudden you're not using it anymore. (laughs) What's going on, man? Um, That's That's very common. And so one thing I try to always remind people of is like. Listen, I'm just sharing what I've learned. And it's a good thing that I keep learning because otherwise it'd be very boring. So if you watch one of my videos from two years ago, it may not necessarily reflect my current opinion. And uh, that's that's a good thing. You shouldn't want it to, because otherwise there wouldn't (laughs) be any growth, you know. So, uh, so I actually really appreciate that you went on your channel and explained to people. Listen, I changed my mind about this. I'm doing things a little bit differently now, and here's why. Because I think it's very instructive, and it can get people to reflect on which tools they are using. And especially, like you're saying, whether maybe they're getting a little too hung up on the tools, procrastinating a little bit with like moving houses, like you're saying of their tools.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think as well, like there's, a. I think whenever, like, for example, it's probably happened in 2012, 2013 with Evernote is when it all becomes so big, like Evernote did and, and notion has, there becomes a lot of influence around you to use something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not, and you're using an older system, it can be a, a negative connotation. Um, uh, but I think like notion, if you go on YouTube and I, if anybody follows productivity tools, chances are there's probably how I use Notion by some of the big, big YouTubers now and you're like, yeah. whoa, okay. Um, you know, I'm surprised folks like Marques Brown, uh, Brownlee are, are going to be posting their videos soon about it. <laughs> about sure Notion? It. Yeah, they, you must, yeah, you must. <laughs> I, it's a it's a it's a ticking time bomb. Um, you know, but you that sort of level of influence sometimes can uh, distort people. And sometimes go. I, I use this because this person's using it. Whereas sometimes it's important just to go. You know, is it right for me? Is it actually suitable? And then you can make better decisions. Hopefully.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Francesco, I have two more questions for you, and um, <laughs> sure. I yeah. know you're going to like this next one. So uh, think very carefully about your answer. Yeah. Okay. Um, second, second to last question. Francesco, you're a Ferrari fan. I offer my mm-hmm. condolences for you being a ferrari <laughs> fan um yeah <laughs> who is going to be the next formula one world champion
1: after lewis Hamilton? These a great great questions um yeah that's a tough one um it really depends uh if red bull was still in the same position it's easily max verstappen uh any day of the week um but if yeah, I think I think it might be Leclerc, you know, I'm going to say Leclerc because I'm a huge fan. Um, <laughs> I knew you would say but, Leclerc. <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, if um, I would say if uh, in if if uh, Russell goes to Mercedes, he'll win and they're in the same position. If Gasly goes to Mercedes, they'll win as well. He'll win. But he'll beat Russell. Uh, he'll beat Russell. Yeah. 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 So uh, there's a couple of options there. <laughs> it will be good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I hate after every race, whenever I get a message from you, me, I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> it's normally when Leclerc does something wrong. Yeah, it's um,
0: for people who don't watch Formula One, I didn't used to because I thought, okay, this cannot be interesting. It's just a bunch of guys who step into race cars and they go around the track. Pff, boring. Yeah. But the more I learned about the sport, there's so much going on. There's a lot of strategy involved yeah. too. That's the part that I find interesting. So like, there's, you know, these big teams, they'll have 50 strategists
1: mm. during a race, running computer models, trying to figure out, like, what is yeah, the optimal thing to do? Yeah, it's mad. And, like, the weather and um, I think the the best thing about um, lockdown, the first one, was that my wife got into F1 and uh, <laughs> it was amazing. Like, the, she, she wants to watch every race with me now and it's great because... But now she understands all that sort of detail stuff it's great it's crazy it's brilliant yeah it's it's more (laughs) fun
0: i think that's a good lesson for life in general things tend to get more fun when you understand them better there's more to appreciate oh yeah definitely cool okay final question francesco (laughs) where can people find more um of your stuff is there anything in particular you'd like them to check out
1: um i mean i guess if they're new to the whole keep Productive concepts then uh, definitely uh, take a YouTube of keep productive um, We're launching another channel called keep focused, which is basically the same sort of channel But instead of talking about apps and tools all the times so we're gonna be talking about processes and frameworks and like the actual work side of stuff um, So that should be a bit more focused in the near future um, But if they you know if they want to join us there, that'd be amazing Um but thank you for having me on, Peter. It's been a cool. good laugh, as well as yeah, I've learned stuff from you as well uh, before the call. So. <laughs> Great, very yeah, awesome. well,
0: th- thank you so much for, for
1: being here. We'll
0: make sure that we put links to your channels, channels <laughs> and your community page um, in the description so our listeners can find that. Thanks very much, Francesca. Thank you. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to get more organized and be more productive, check out my courses. They're over at peterakis.net. You can also subscribe to my newsletter in which I share my insights on productivity with thousands of subscribers every Sunday. Thanks for listening and have an awesome day.